Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is a man who only does karate with Sam Bullet or the Kingpin, my athletic friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? Yeah, I'm doing great. Feeling feeling really good today. And I, I feel as though I am fairly athletic, but not to the not to the likes of the Kingpin. I, I'd wrestle a Sam Bullet if I had a chance, though. Maybe not karate. When I was a kid, I did that one year of karate thing, you know, and went through that whole thing. Did you ever do the year of like some sport or something like that? Not never for like a martial art, although I I kind of wish I did. So, yeah, not for me. Lucky you though, James, but you got a year at least. Yeah, then I think I quit cuz I wanted to take driver's ed or something. So, and that was the end of that. <laughs> hey Eddie, the other day our longtime listener friend Steve asked me to have him back when we got to issue 98. And since we're here, I thought we should have him back. What do you think? Uh, somebody wants to come back. What a great idea, James B. Yes, today we have Steve Wargo. He's back. We are thrilled to have you join us again on this side of the microphone. How's it going, Steve? It's great to be back. I really like this issue. I'm excited to be on the podcast to talk about it. All right, Steve. Well, here we go. Amazing Spider-Man 98, The Goblin's Last Gasp in 1971. Peter is trying to call for help to save Harry, but the goblin is right outside his window. The goblin crashes through the apartment window to attack, but is disturbed by the sight of sickly Harry. He flies off, vowing to return and kill Peter. James B., you told me that you owned the 1977 Marvel Tales reprint of this issue. Do you remember this story? Yeah, it's funny. I started reading the story, and I was not reading like my own copy of the book. I was reading the Epic, uh, the Marvel Epics, which is a reprint of a whole bunch of them together. And I said, wait a second, I know this story. And if you've been a longtime listener of our podcast, you hear a lot that Eddie has issues up in his cabin yep. that he reads over and over again. Well, this was in my first batch of comics. It was the Marvel Tales. It was from 1977. I was just about to turn seven years old <laughs> and my mom bought me a bunch of comics. So I've had this Marvel Tales. And although I had not read any of the previous, you know, 25 issues, I've read this one like 10 times. So I actually started reading and I was like, I know this book and I know exactly what's going to happen at the very, like, you know, second to last page. And then when I get to that part, I'll I'll talk about it later. So I did know that, but we got to get to that part by going through the summary, Eddie. So why don't you keep going? Okay. After getting Harry to the hospital, Peter takes a familiar forlorn walk thinking about Gwen. We flash to a tearful Gwen doing the same in London, but saying, maybe it's not too late. While walking, Peter beats up Harry's drug dealer and his goons. Hey, Steve, um, do you like Peter fighting drug dealers? I, I think it's a little suspicious that he's so strong to take all these guys down so easily. If someone watched him do this across the street, they could have easily thought that he was like super powerful, but... I think it's awesome. I think Peter should use his spider powers more just in broad daylight and not care at all about it. Well, do you remember what he did to mask the fact that he was beating up drug dealers as Peter Parker? Oh, I don't. What did he do? He actually pretends he's doing karate. He makes like karate <laughs> chops and he keeps chopping them. And he wasn't giving them the kya that he should have done. But if you look at all the pictures, his hands have like a karate yeah, maybe he didn't even notice, but he kept his, his hands in the karate pose. Remember, I, of course, you know, had that one year of karate, everybody. So I'm kind of the let's read Spider-Man. Yeah, you are the expert on karate. I noticed that now that you pointed out. Yep. 
But yeah, he does karate moves. That way there, it seems like, why is he beating them all? But he's using his karate skills. Like far out, good karate moves, Peter. Yeah, karate chop, karate chop, yeah, yeah. And it works because the lead drug dealer is like, all that karate jazz ain't going to help you now. So and it does. Well done, Peter. So that's the exchange between Peter and the drug dealers. Speaking of exchanges, there's a brief one between Joe Robbie and Jay Jonah. But then we see Peter change into Spidey and is almost immediately attacked by the goblin. The goblin hits him with a mist that stops Spidey from sticking to walls. There's an interesting thought bubble on page 16 from Spidey. If only he'd shut up. Give me a chance to think. To plan. Yeah, um, you know, I talk a lot too, so I know it's like when people think <laughs> if only he'd shut up. So I, I, I feel for the goblin here, and I understand what Spider-Man must think. But guys, the goblin talks nonstop throughout this whole issue. You want to take turns just saying all the nonsense he says? Your athletic ability has always impressed me. <laughs> on, the, on the cover, losing your grip, Spider-Man? It had to happen. I planned it this way. Then he's like, you look scared, Parker. I always knew you were a coward. Well, here's where I end the suspense. The time has come for us to settle things forever. I really like how this is kind of like flipping the typical Spider-Man fight. Because usually it's Spidey that's talking so much and wisecracking all throughout. But it's it's fun to see Spidey like, ah, this guy's got to shut up so I can think while I'm fighting. And I, I never really thought until this moment, like, oh, that's like a legitimate fighting strategy. You know, when you're in these rather complex fights all over the place like being annoyed by someone talking is an extra thing you have to deal with so yeah i mean there's just so many more i guess we're not going to read them all but there's just there's there's tons of them there's tons of them he he, he tells him he's getting tired he tells yeah. me we don't have to soil his hands on him you got any more steve yeah well i, I just even like tying that in with the tired like uh your athletic ability always impressed me like eddie, eddie said but then he was just like a pity it will soon impress me no longer like he's just he knows he's gonna kill him like he's just so cocky right now he's on top of the world yeah he's he's spider-man the only time he shuts up is when spider-man gets the best of him and that is when he ends up in a headlock poor gobby there uh, he forces the goblin to fly to the hospital to see his to see bedridden Harry. The goblin collapses with emotion. Spidey burns the goblin's costume and swings Norman home for bed rest, thinking that the shock has buried any memories of the goblin. As Peter is walking home, he is startled to see Gwen calling and running towards him. They embrace and kiss as a finale. Wow. Now we're getting lots of kisses. Like, <laughs> we never used to have any at all. Um, we're gay. <laughs> hey, hey, Steve. Uh, Stanley gives Peter a happy ending. What do you think? I think it's it's awesome. It really just like ties the bow on this issue and just makes it like one of my favorite, just one complete issues because it just went through so many highs and lows and just ended with the reuniting of. Peter with his gal, and nothing could be better than that for him. Any other thoughts on 98, gentlemen? So he burns the goblin's costume, huh? <laughs> Is this uh, Spider-Man's new M.O.? Uh, he, he burns the Prowler's costume. Now he's burning the goblin's costume. Eddie, this could solve the problem when criminals get out of jail, and they keep getting their costume back, like the beetle and the vulture and the scorpion. He could be like, hey, where's my costume? They'd be like, don't you remember? Spider-Man burned it in last fight. Some kind of Spider-Man costume burning service that the... Uh police can call when they need to eliminate uh, the Beatles costume which I think is very powerful to be handing back to him when he gets out of prison <laughs> it's like full metal 
How do you think the goblins are going to feel that his costume's been burnt, Eddie? Oh, well, he's clearly going to be upset, but if according to Spider-Man, he's not even going to think anything about the goblin. That shock of seeing Harry in bed was too much for poor Norman. Well, according to you, the, the goblin uh, he doesn't uh, think with his emotions. He's not driven by his emotions, right? So, Well, yes, long time ago. But I do think a better title for this one would be The Goblin Cries, because it is a really dramatic panel that happens on page 19 and there's just so much emotion like with sickly harry and peter and gwen being reunited in such dramatic fashion um i like the like ghostly large gwen we get this great shot of like gwen running towards peter but also her face of joy as she's running towards peter at the end Uh, just a very emotional kind of issue and gotta agree with steve really good one enjoyed it a lot steve uh is there a reason why this is one of your top issues particularly well it's just it like and through, uh, throughout the the read through you know i'm just like looking for things that just like stick out and really this is just like it's so cool to have like a goblin fight two goblin fights in one issue peter beat up a bunch of drug dealers and then be reunited with gwen all up in like 21 pages wherever many it was i think it was just really good that's just like one single issue if you wanted to give them that to show them like that's spider-man like this would be a good one you wonder what happened to me now i think i figured out why i became a spider-man fan this is like the first comic i got holy cow <laughs> really it's true it's a gotten, good one if i gotten sam bullet with a petrified tablet we'd be doing a different <laughs> podcast right now it could be could be a captain america podcast who knows when i started reading this issue i immediately thought of the second to last page which has the goblin's face when he's staring at uh, Harry and the last line is nothing must happen to my boy and he's crying and he faints that's I remembered that right from the jump I started reading this I'm like oh this is the issue where the goblins gonna be crying at the end and, and like I said I read this a bunch of times so it's time for a new segment called mistakes we didn't clean up in editing so Eddie uh, after I was editing the last podcast I found out that you had the wrong title for the book the one that they went to London you used the wrong name. Oh, no. Well, the... the title on the cover is not the title of the issue inside. And on the cover, it says something like Spider-Man in London. Yes. And you're like, issue 95, Spider-Man in London. Uh-oh. But then you turn the page and it says like, you know, to stop a terrorist attack or something like that. And like, that was. So maybe this issue, you could just pretend it is called The Goblin Cries because. Just change what it is. Apparently, you don't always keep track of what the real issue title is. There we go. I'd love for I'd love a listener to write it and tell me I'm wrong anyways. That's that's fine with me. So let me know. Well, one thing I can let you guys know about is our sponsor for today. If you don't mind me doing it between the issues today as opposed to at the end. Wonderful. Let's hear him, James B. I'm ready. Eddie, March is full of your favorite holidays from Pancake Day to the start of Daylight Savings. And sometimes you need a little extra money during these special holidays. I know you might want to join the Spider-Man security guard company, but those guards just let people go all the time. And then those security guards, they get fired. You don't want your family to starve because you got fired, do you, Eddie? No, no thank you. Right. So, Eddie, once again, I would like you to consider the growing field of daily workout sparring partners for crime bosses. (laughs) Eddie, in 12 short weeks of six to eight hours of training per day, you'll be skilled enough in karate to be an effective sparring partner. You'll be able to do karate just like Peter did when he fought those drug dealers. Eddie, although you won't see your family anymore, expect to make new friends along the way, such as MWA star Crusher Hogan, the man called Cannonball, and Olympic-level athlete 
Hunter and hand-to-hand combatant Craven is not just a supporter of this program, but he is a former client. Eddie, don't be a stumble bum. Join the Daily Workout Sparring Partners for Crime Bosses today. And Eddie, for a limited time, if you act now, you can find employment with corrupt politicians as well. See their ad on the back of 32-ounce bottles of Big Bald Boss Cream. Daily Workout Sparring Partners for Crime Bosses is a union job. So, Eddie, are you considering the growing field of daily workout sparring partners for crime bosses? Don't miss out on your second chance. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I feel like we've had a similar sponsor before. I, I just like when the sponsor assumes March is my favorite month, and it's it's filled with a lot of holidays that I like. I, Remind me the holidays in March, I guess. I don't know that I like. Seriously? You have to remind it. Uh, pancake day? <laughs> oh, I'm, and start, I'm sorry. And the start of daylight savings. That's what you need some extra all money right. for. Uh, all right, sponsor. You know, as much as it sounds like this might, this will get me in shape, I'm quite sure. Um, I did not need to fight the kingpin. So no, thank you, James B. I, I'm going to pass. Uh, uh, Steve, could you set Eddie straight on this? Why it's such a great opportunity? Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity because you can get how I wish we get that close to the kingpin and you get to work with him. I think he'd value if he sees you on the street, maybe give you an extra dollar or so, be real nice to you. And I'm I'm in the prime of my life. I think it'd be great to get in some get in shape doing that, helping out crime bosses. You know, good employment. Right. Steve seems to be alluding that this is going to be an opening to my future criminal life. It can only go up. You start the guy gets the door <laughs> foot in the door somehow. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Uh, thank you, sponsor, but um, uh, no thank you. Wow. It's twice now we've gone through that. <laughs> Ooh, Eddie's afraid he's going to end up in prison. Ooh, oh, scared of prisons. Afraid Spider-Man's going to let him go. <laughs> Speaking of prisons, Eddie, why don't you tell us about Amazing Spider-Man 99? All right. The Amazing Spider-Man 99, Panic in the Prison. Peter and Gwen are floating on air as they walk together. They embrace and kiss again. Empowered by the love of his life returning, Peter goes to the bugle, demands a salary, and much to Robbie's delight, puts J. Jonah on his heels as he fiercely negotiates. Uh, we get a great Robbie smile on page five. Everybody see that one? Um, I did, but actually, if you go back like one page, or page three, I guess, Yeah. Uh, you get the exact same smile from Peter. There's a lot of motion in that smile. <laughs> He's very excited about his assignment. Well, speaking of that assignment, Peter goes to a, is assigned to a prison riot where the warden is being held hostage. Spidey learns the prisoner's demands are reasonable and that they are being led by a two-timing criminal named Turpo. Spidey breaks into the warden's office, subdues Turpo, and convinces the prisoners that they should return to their cells. On his way home, Spidey is approached by a TV personality to appear on a show. Eddie, you said uh, a TV personality? Yes. Do you or Steve know who this TV personality is? Well, now I got to go back and take a look at him, James. No, B. yeah, I, I, I knew at the time when I read it a few weeks ago, but I forgot oh, already. God, you guys. Oh, help me out, Steve. Uh, I, what? Johnny Carson? No? Yes. It is, yeah, it is Johnny yes. Carson. Yes. yes. I just think Johnny Carson deserves. You could name drop him. He's got Ed McMahon with him. Spoiler alert, but on our next podcast, we're also going to cover not just issue 100, but we're going to cover the What If, uh, Volume 119, which is the uh, What If Spider-Man had stopped the burglar who killed his uncle. And you're going to see uh, Johnny Carson sort of on that show as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
in that issue as well. Yeah, back-to-back Johnny Carson reference. It must have been like the same week it was made, and they just like really wanted to get him in the books. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I keep interrupting. I'm sorry. Why don't you finish up this uh, story here? Uh, well, after his conversation, Peter returns to the Bugle, sells his epic photos, but realizes as a part-time staff photog, he won't be paid until Friday, so he swings back to appear on TV. The interview is going great, and Spidey speaks out for the prisoners until the police show up to arrest Spider-Man. He leaves and returns to Gwen. All day, Peter was concerned that he didn't have any money to take Gwen out. But she calls him an idiot and says she spent all afternoon cooking dinner. (sighs) (laughs) This isn't quite 98, but, uh, you know, some of these issues are a little more serious, I guess. And and this is, I think this is one of them. Um, Steve, what did you think about Spider-Man's stance on prisoners' rights, seeing he put so many of them behind bars? That's true. He is responsible for a lot of that, but he can only do so much once, you know, they're in the justice's hands, you know, behind bars and everything. And he does make a a lot of good points about how, you know, first time offenders are treated real harsh and then, you know, makes them makes a breeding ground for crimes that he says. So he says a lot of things that I'm sure are still a problem today in uh, 2022 from a 1971 comic. In 1971, there was a big riot at Attica prison, and I think that prompted Um, Stan to kind of write about this in this comic. Uh, We're getting a pretty overt kind of social commentary once again, this comic. I mean, we've seen Stan deal with anti-drugs the last, you know, three issues before this, and then prisoners, and there's all these very obvious overtones about race. Um, How do you guys feel um, about Stan's direction here? Anybody want to say anything? <laughs> well, it, it reminds me of when he did the, uh, like, the protest issue where he's kind of, you know, just showing, like, both sides, not really, not really being, like, uh, like really in favor, like, left or right in, like, one uh, direction. But he made Spider-Man stand up and, like, choose a side, basically. It says that he's, like, for prison reform while he's being yeah. chased by the police. I, I really like these themes in these books. You know, I think they're good and valid and really, you know, good messages. But in Spider-Man, I really like them being more subtle and like being more about like Spider-Man being about Spider-Man and kind of what he does and, you know, these battles with the goblin. So I, I'm hoping like they exist still, but I, I don't need like a, you know, several panel monologue about prison reform. Yeah, It's kind of forced... Kind of like forced social commentary of the time. It, yeah, it feels very forced. So, I'll, I'll jump. I'll I'll jump in. You know that I'm not a big fan of the the serious part of our uh, comics that much. <laughs> but I will say, going back to '98, there is we did kind of gloss over the fact that we said uh, there's a brief exchange between Joe Robbie and J. Jonah Jameson, and that exchange there was another drug related uh, exchange. Mm-hmm. There's only one page and he's like, hey, you got to print this, you know, and it has to, he's like, I don't want to print that because, um, you know, Osborne's a big supporter or something. And they're like, you have to print it to show that, uh, you know, the rich man's problem could be drugs too. It's not just the poor man's problem. And, you know, they, he brings up the social and then Jameson's like, all right, you're right. Let's, what are we waiting for? Let's print it. But it's, like you said, it's condensed to, yeah. you know, one page where this, the whole story is basically about like, hey, let's talk about prison reform right and oh yeah we'll put this one guy in because spider-man has to fight somebody 
Anybody else want to say anything from issue 99 or 98? I like how it has like the big setup in the the last panel saying like the sensational 100th anniversary issue that you've been waiting for, the summoning up plus the most shocking unexpected ending Spidey has ever had. It's a lot of setup for the last panel of this issue. I like that. That's interesting that I mean I saw that too. I really liked the panel like right next to that where it's like Spider-Man looking over the city with his eyes like it, it's just it's actually just kind of goofy like how Spider-Man's like peeking over the buildings, I guess. And then I think that's his spider sense. Everyone agree that those wiggly lines are his spider sense moving out around the city? Definitely. Wait, wait, wait where's his spider sense? The, there's a bunch the of wiggly page. lines going off his head. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's the spider sense moving around the city. Finding, oh, I see. I see finding um, the shocker's girlfriend. And, you exactly. Know, going to different neighborhoods, there. finding specific people. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have, I mentioned the original 98 uh, reprint from 1977 here. Um, I want to let you guys know it has a Comics Code Authority stamp on it. Ooh. But I believe the this one does not. Correct? Is that what we think? 99. The original 98 is part of the run that does not have the Comics Code yes. Authority. Yeah, that's what, I... yeah, the drug issues. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, right. But I'm letting you know when they reprinted it in 77, a oh. mere six years later, it got the Comics Code Authority stamp. Interesting. So it fit the code six years later. Uh-huh. Why do you think that is? I think you think the code changed? Oh, they definitely. had to yeah, change the, the rules. Change. <laughs> no? Yeah, the rules said if drugs are treated appropriately or if villains win appropriately or if vampires would please don't please don't fire us we want to grasping for straws for we need something to put a stamp on you know so that comics code authority by the way i i i have some newer books in front of me and i don't see it anywhere so maybe it's buried in the buried in the back of the book somewhere i don't see it on some of these other ones but i think we should revive it we should bring it around again and start making a public this is not part of the comic code authority well well i I revised uh, it for our for our podcast. You may have realized Uh-oh. I did do an intro today, where last podcast. Um, it's true. I, I did not do an intro, and that's because I'm supporting the Comics Code uh, Authority. But now that they're going to change, I'm going to change. If they're going to change, though, right? We got to change with the text. All right. Thank you, James B. Um, is there anything else we didn't cover? Anybody else take notes or just me? My my only last one is Spider-Man appears on TV again. How how many times is he going to think this is a good idea? Like he keeps trying to go back to this honey hole and it, like Spidey, it's just not working. I, that's what I always want to say. I'm like, no, don't do that. As long as he gets paid think- in cash, I feel like it would be okay, <laughs> but that doesn't seem to happen ever. He even this issue, I'm not really sure if he got back to go collect. No, he doesn't get paid. The police show up and Try to arrest him for Captain Stacy's death, right? That's what's happening. I don't know what they're arresting him for anymore. It's it's a long list. Breaking into hmm. places he shouldn't be. Trespassing. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make a list of Spider Man's crimes, I think, for next podcast, James B. Make an attempt. <laughs> um you guys have ninety nine. Go to the page two of ninety nine if you have a copy of it or you have it online. Okay. Do you see, um, like, the third panel where it says, Happy Gwendy, and she says, Can't you tell, man of mine? You see that panel? Yes, yes. Yes. I see it. Okay, take a look at the yellow poster. 
Steve, can you tell me what's going on that yellow poster? There is a Captain America shield with a sword in it and a spider web background, looks like to me. Do I see the thing? I see the thing. The thing is on the right. Oh, yes, I see the thing. Can you read the words? Can you guys make that out? Ooh. I can. International. International. Marvel mania? <laughs> yes. So Spider-Man and Gwen are walking past a poster that says Marvel Mania International. And it has Captain America's shield. And it has the thing and, you know, another face we can't see for sure because the, uh, the word bubble's blocking it. Um, but the question is, Marvel Mania? Like WrestleMania? Marvel Mania? But I'm saying it, it, it's not called like Fantastic Four Mania or right. like Hero Mania. Like they're acknowledging Marvel as a company. That's that's the type of subtle symbolism that I really enjoy when that happens. So more of that, Stan, please. Steve, um, I know you don't have a big podcast or a big uh, Twitter thing to promote or something, but um, you must have something you can tell us to follow you at. Oh yeah, and I, I have a I have a yeah a video that has about forty or fifty six thousand views because it's a uh, NCAA kick return for a touchdown in Madden, and people think it's an NCAA, so everyone really watches it and comments it, so it's pretty fun. You know what? I'll uh, if you send me the YouTube link for it, I'll put it in the in the notes for this episode, and people can. Click on it and they'll see what it's all about. All right, yeah, it sounds a lot of fun. Sounds good. How long is the How long is the clip? It's about like maybe 20, 30 seconds. It's just like a, a punt return touchdown. <laughs> I did some cheering, and everyone likes it, I think, because it's the uh, the LSU Tigers, and it looks it looks like some kind of NCAA championship kind of thing, but it's not. I tricked everybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm I'm in for 20 seconds, Eddie. Oh, for sure. Thank you. Steve. Right. We'll see if we can get you 10, 10 clicks on that. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, where can people, uh, besides that link, where can people message you if they wanted to reach out to you on Twitter? Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, SlimShady uh, underscore EP, and I have the, the YouTube link in my bio. It's like the only thing on my Twitter. Oh, even, so, yeah, even that's, better. That's good for me to promote there. There you go. Eddie, where do uh, people reach out to us? You can email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at letsreadspidey, or you can message us on Twitter too. Uh, and remember, listeners, if you're ever getting chased by the Green Goblin and need a way to get rid of him, just jump on his back and guide him to his son sleeping in a hospital bed. You should be fine. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. criminals go yeah i'm not okay i'm like oh no family no the words are i'll never forget him he says like this family has suffered enough and he swings off i'm like yo man kingpin has like killed lots of people he's killed families he has that's not just kingpin he lets up that's kingpin and schemer right yeah the schemer with the james bond car and i i i say throw vanessa in jail with him too she's an she's an accomplice getaway driver throw her in there i'll say it again throw them all in jail get out of here oh my god this family suffered enough (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.